guys, we're in coronavirus lockdown, so I have to do my podcast remotely. So I'm about to interview Vera Moliani. She's designing a city on Mars, okay? So some of y'all might live to see this. You probably not, but your friend, yeah, okay? Hola, mi gente, your boy Sky John here today with the Vera Moliani. Did I say it correct? I'm okay. impressed. Vera, tell us who you are and what it is that you do. Thank you so much, Sky. It's my honor to be able to be here with you. And hopefully, you know, this will be the first uh, and the launch for you guys to speak more about Mars. Okay. I am um, the CEO, Vera Mulyani, uh, the founder of Mars City Design. Uh, it's a company that was set up uh, in 2015, uh, long before this whole crisis happened. So Before coronavirus, go on. Before coronavirus. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, at the time, it was a big vision that somebody like Elon Musk or an organization like um, Mars Society or Mars One that has been, you know, envisioning to really reach out to uh, this uh, planet next door that requires at least a uh, two-year uh, trip uh, to how, go how, and how, come back. Because it's, it's, it's like nine months there, right? Nine months? How long, how long right now? Yeah, it gets about six to nine months, depending on uh, which time you are uh, launching your vehicle from here. What do you mean, like which time? So because of the orbit of uh, oh, with oh, the sun, you know, okay. you have to try to make uh, the adjustment of the uh, travel. You know, sometimes uh, the planet gets closer to us and that's when the best time uh, to jump into the, <laughs> the SpaceX rocket, hopefully. Uh, and get the the shortest distance. I wasn't even thinking about that because I was like, I won't go to Mars. I just wake up, jump in my spaceship, and I go. Now I realize, oh, wow, that's right. Because we're orbiting, then we're circling the sun. So we need to we need to make sure we closely align with Mars when we do that trip. Okay. So uh, you have that really, uh, really well uh, explained. So that is just because at our time uh, right now, uh, you know, that's the technology that we have. That's why everyone is still uh, exploring on how can we uh, have an alternative way to travel to different planets and not having to spend that much time in space because that's also the, the biggest challenge is that, you know, your uh, health system, your body resistance, everything is uh, completely in a different uh, environment. So... A lot of astronauts have been, uh, not, not enough, but a lot of them have been living in the space station. That's not too far away from Earth, but mm. still their body has to, uh, you know, face different challenges like bone density, uh, that reduce and all this, uh, health, like a fluid, uh, in your brain and eye. Oh, so you, so you, de- you develop fluid in the brain? As well for being up in space. Well, too just long? imagine that uh, our body, and first of all, we're, you know, we're born uh, and adapt to this uh, beautiful planet's gravity, and uh, so your whole body has been um, adapted to circulate. You know, the blood and the nervous system, uh-huh. everything ha- uh, has been under one G. So if you go uh, disrupt that, it means that. Uh, just imagine that water will float in um, uh, cl- uh, microgravity. So you have to imagine how your fluid in your body uh-huh. also stagnant somehow and uh, it needs to move. That's why astronauts spend a lot more time and effort to use their machine up there. Even if they're not standing up um, with gravity, they are moving so that the bodies still have motions to maintain. Okay, I know you're not a spaceship designer, okay? You put the finishing touches on, you don't deal with the engine. But I'm just thinking, with space travel, I always assumed that they were able to make the interior the same as it is here on Earth, or that's not the case. Because now that I think about it, they are floating around in the spaceships. So that was pretty dumb, Sky. Okay, but I didn't pass science anyway. Go on. 
<laughs> well, you see, that's that's actually um, one of the most motivating reason why I'm creating the company. So um, when I learned about this uh, rush of uh, brilliant people trying to reach Mars, I was really intrigued and remembered my uh, childhood dream, you know, to travel in space and uh, uh, discover other planets. Um, even if I was in such a remote uh, place. Because you, you were born in Indonesia. Right. right. I, I was born in Jakarta. And, you know, uh, luckily uh, with that situation at the time in the mid 80s, uh, I was um, already trained, well trained to be in quarantine. <laughs> okay. As a girl, it's not really safe to go out. Um, and uh, that's actually the main reason why I was able to uh, focus on my dreams and learning a lot. Uh, you know, once I started to speak English, read um, in French, I was able to access all these new ideas and information. And I was just like, holy moly, there are all these vast universe out there and here i am on my rooftop with my dog and and towels of the whole family that i used to build the tent <laughs> uh-huh. i was just like um yeah thinking you know there should be some somewhere else uh that i need to create value to and and enable us to really uh get out and so, so hold on so as a little girl you were sitting there thinking that you wanted to see Mars? Yes. Like Mars? Not even the moon? No, because I knew that the moon was always there. And it's it's funny because uh, I, I envisioned the moon. It's like, oh, this this thing has been following me. You know, when you move, the moon moves. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so I yeah. Thought, yeah, okay. But I, I see all these other uh, stars and, you know, it's just the unknown. It makes me really curious. What is amazing is that all this long journey that I have, uh, that I have encountered, uh, have brought me to LA, uh, that made me understand, okay, I did journalism. That's how I met uh, all the French, uh, friends and, uh, people that I worked for. Uh, who helped me to move to Paris when there were uh, there, there was this political issues uh, at the time, um, and so in France I was able to meet like great families, au pair families I I, I worked for, but also learn uh, French from, and uh, I was accepted in the um, uh, Beaux Arts um, and. Uh, architecture school and that's really the the turning point of you know seeing the world in an, a different level okay hold on one, se- one, one second because i because some people might be a little confused as because we, we with this conversation we've been we've been talking all about space but you started this company mars city design and your company's goal is to build a city on mars a sustainable city on mars and you were born in Indonesia, and you went from Indonesia to France, and then I guess to America. That's correct. And now, and now here we are. Okay, so go on, go on, finish, finish what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, so, um, you know, in architecture, I learned about how to realize a vision, how to realize things that you have in your mind that cross your mind, not just doing artistic, abstract, uh, you know, uh, artwork. It's about how do you make this impossible tangible and possible and affect a lot of uh, life in a positive way. And it really taught me how to collaborate with people. So it taught me how to uh, run, you know, a a company so that we together can um, build. A city on Mars. Yeah. Not just, uh, this is the, the most interesting thing I think in architecture is that you have to think far ahead of time to respond to today's problems. So you're not just treating symptoms. You're really looking into the root cause of every single uh, problems that you have uh, in front of you. And, and it's almost like let's, let's um, uh, build 
the context that we have around to make sure that every um, problems have a solution that is not just reactional. It's more like an, uh, more like bringing us uh, a new vision. So when again back to when uh, uh, 2015 when I created this company and I heard everyone getting excited about Mars, all I had in mind was like, how could you create this uh, destination um, without thinking how we can live well there? So it's not just about surviving. It's really hard to travel just in general. <laughs> Imagine traveling in space uh, and staying away from the home planet for probably the rest of your time because at the time, SpaceX was not created yet. So uh -huh. uh, just for the audience, like, you know, what's amazing about SpaceX is uh, maybe other um, propulsion companies already had similar uh, technology, but um, Elon Musk was able to make this very popular. Even uh, mm -hmm. it reaches uh, the rest of the world, lay people who are not in science to understand. He's, kinda, he's like a Tony Stark. Everybody's like kind of fascinated with him. That's right. So what he had um, contributed into the space industry is that uh, not only the the so he created this technology that can basically deliver us back home if we go to Mars or um, other planets because of the way... Oh, you re the reusing the rockets? That's right. Oh, yes, and that's right. And it also changes the price of, um, you know, traveling. The, making it cheaper. Yeah, because it's like if you uh, keep wearing a golden shirt and... <clears throat> Uh, made of gold and you have to keep throwing it away after one time of wearing yeah. it, then, you know, it's, it, it costs a lot more than it. That's a beautiful example. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to, uh, have you met Elon Musk? We have met a couple of times. Yeah. But you know, he's a Tony Stark. So, uh, <laughs> it's, I think I, I show my respect by, um, working on my end to make, uh, whatever he's doing right now, um, successful in terms of creating a destination. Basically, if there is a new line of bus going to nowhere, then you better have a good entertainment in the bus, but still, that's not enough. But if you have a good destination that makes everybody dream, then that bus becomes just... Um, uh, crucial. So yeah. that's that's what I'm trying to do with the Mars City design. If we create something that is uh, tangible, a place mm -hmm. of destination, then uh, we can have more motivation. But not just that. It makes uh, the travel worth and also uh, increase the safety of it. Um, and it, it contributes to our sustainability that we urgently need today. You have a yearly competition where you have your people submit designs, right? That's right. So where are we in this process? I mean, you guys already have a design lined up for Mars or you are still trying to figure out what it is that you want to do on Mars? What's interesting with innovations and technology, of course, you know, um, it's a long uh R&D, research and development process before we are able to uh, create one. And, and the challenge is that in the meantime, we keep uh, discovering new innovations. So um, 2015, um, when we launched the first uh, competition, um, we had about 25 finalists out of about 250. Okay. Uh, so out of the 25 who came and celebrated, it was such a beautiful time. Buzz Aldrin showed up, the second, okay. the man who went to the moon with Neil Armstrong. Uh -huh. um, and by, by the way, not mean to cut you off. Going back to Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong, how did they decide who came out first? Because everybody talks about Neil Armstrong, you know, because if it was me, I'm just jumping out. Okay. <laughs> 
I need to hit the ground first so I can be in history. You know, Sky John landed on the moon, all right? I'm just saying. <laughs> you have your name. Whoever gave that name, you know, you already own the sky. So, so, so do you know if they flipped a coin or how that was determined? Who came out first? I, I think that would be a question for Mr. Aldrin himself. Okay. I can ask. Uh, uh-huh. uh, well, we used to be text buddies. Uh, yeah, could you please ask him that? Because even if I don't, if we draw lots, I'm still wrestling you to get out first. Okay, just to be in the history books, because that's free drinks at every bar for life. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, uh, we didn't have a reality show yet, because otherwise that would have been really interesting to have. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, (laughs) to film them. Hidden camera, you know, how they wrestle to. Yeah, yeah, that would have been an awesome reality TV show. Okay, the trip to the moon. Who comes out first? And they keep forgetting to put that idea in the in the movies that they produce, telling the stories about Buzz. Yeah, good idea, Sky. <laughs> well, um, when when you design for Mars, right? You've never been there. The, the soil is called regolith. Am I correct? Yes. Oh, I could use that as a pickup line. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you, how do you duplicate that in on Earth to kind of get the right building materials? How, how do you even begin to get to do that? Ah, my brain is like going so far, uh, reaching out all the information now. So what's beautiful about this very distant, project is um, we have already information from the satellites that they sent uh, to Mars. Uh, we have rovers running around. I mean, they're very slow for runners, but <laughs> but they have uh, collected. There are people working twenty four seven. You know, uh, changing the teams um, depending on the hours they work around the world. They exchange information and they create um, collected data so that they could uh, deliver images that all of us would understand in terms of landscape, uh, photography, car- uh, cartography, typology. We have information. Uh, all the uh, NASA has a dedicated website uh, for Mars, and you can dig in. It's like loaded of beautiful information, and some of them talks about the regolith. So um, as builders, architects, engineers, we're always uh, looking at the context, probably not American architects because they don't care where the context is. They're just going to build whatever (laughs) they design. So we're trying to, you know, uh, minimize uh, the long-term outcome and learn so much about the site, the landscape, um, the climate, it's just like Earth, you know, uh, each uh-huh. point of geography on Mars will have different uh, environment. Uh, so it's like Antarctica would be uh, having different seasons from uh, Jakarta, for example. Okay. So uh, the sites that uh, we're looking at uh, will have some informations about the composition uh, that okay. they 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 have also this is what they are trying to increase more in terms of looking for information and sending the the new rover to dig in certain samples uh, on the soil and uh, they're able to indicate uh, what are the ingredients. So what we do here is that a lot of um, volcanic uh, quality can be found in the Napa. Valley or Hawaii. Or very similar to like what's on Mars. If we mix it with different type of other soil that we can find everywhere. So also one of the reason why we choose Mars is not just because it's next door, but it's very similar to Earth uh, compared to other planets, of course. So uh, yeah, we can find some of the ingredients here and you can mix it. Um, that's that's basically one of the steps that we do, you know. True. Okay. Everybody watching this right now is thinking the same thing. 
Why Mars? Why so much focus on Mars when we got all kinds of shit here on Earth that need repairs, okay? My bathroom broken right now. Why can't we fix that? Okay, but <laughs> but let's do it Mars first. So why Mars? I think, are you sure it's not because you uh, put too much toilet paper there? <laughs> yes, yes, I went on a shopping spree, bunch of toilet tissue, it's now clogged, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you see... This is an example of why it's not even the question why Mars. Mars is there, just like the moon. It's been waiting for us to discover. Actually, what's interesting to me, um, I'm right now working with 35 other collaborators around the world. They're all coming from different nationality, different spiritual belief, and different politics, different ages. But... All of us put them aside. Uh, some of the uh, very religious uh, people from, you know, from the Mormon culture, Christianity, also uh, Jewish culture, believe that we are created to take care, to live and enjoy this planet. And so everything about space Screw it. <laughs> I mean, okay. not not uh, uh, the, the the last one was a joke, but that ain't really a joke because that's kind of what some people believe. But go on. <laughs> no, I think I think uh, the, this is the problem is that we are accustomed to treat pro- problems with only treating the symptoms and not going uh, forward beyond the crisis and uh-huh. and using the smart vision to go backwards, um, you know, it's not, it's not, um, it, it's top, we, we're working with top-down method that will enable us to see farther than just immediate circumstances. I would like to give an example of what space have contributed to our uh, immediate crisis these days. We're not able to go out of the house but we have Wi-Fi, we have satellites, we have our phones, and you and I are talking on a Zoom. Uh-huh. Every single uh, piece of your phone, some of them are uh, derived and um, further innovations coming from what space and military have been working uh, on for idea. a long time. Okay, so... Uh, it's huge. Imagine if not only we're quarantined, but we can't talk to anyone and there uh, is no Wi-Fi. It yeah. would be really, really impossible um, to live. So what you're saying basically is this process is going to bear a lot of new innovations and discoveries that could then be utilized here on Earth. Thank you for the exactly. translation. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I speak in I speak Indonesian, you see that? I speak Martian, you see. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, speaking how you just said you speak Martian. Let me just tell you what the future holds, okay? I'm going to be psychic here. So, what's going to happen is in time we will build a colony on Mars. That is then going to be populated by humans. One day, those humans going to wake up and be like, "Hey, why are we dealing with these dudes back there on Earth? Why do we have to get approval from them to do this and that? And so what we just built now is a war between Mars and Earth. Okay? Now, that sounds crazy, but I guarantee you that could happen. I could bet money on that. Because we're still human at the end of the day, and we love to fight. And they need their independence from us. Okay? <clears throat> it could be the new America. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's a very interesting uh, uh, subject. Um, when you think about it, the name Mars is also uh, coming from, you know, ancient meaning. Yeah, meaning war. <laughs> the, the god of war. I, I, I just have to say that um, I have more, a lot more hope and uh, it makes me uh, feel uh, a little bit um, sad uh, and and. I, I feel like there should be more uh, uplifting and optimism in in all these sci-fi stories, you know? No, but 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 they built on human nature, and human nature is one where we love to fight. Because I, I could already, 
I can already see this happening. <laughs> that is really, um, really good point. But I have to tell you this. Um, if you're an American and just, you know, you don't care about space or you care, it doesn't matter. Go, go to the NASA astronaut application website and try to apply. And when you apply, they give you an assessment test. And I would like each of us to try uh, respond to their questions. What's it called? The NASA application for astronauts. So they for are astronauts. They are recruiting astronauts to go to the moon. This is for the mm-hmm. Artemis mission to the moon. So you could be the next person stepping on the moon after the time of Buzz Aldrin. Okay. But the point is that when you pass that as- assessment test, you could either understand how amazing it is to uh-huh. uh, to see that not everyone qualify as an astronaut. Mm-hmm. Spiritually, mentally, physically, um, just it's a high level quality of human being that will be sent to accomplish these missions. So yeah. I almost feel like that war against Mars <laughs> in the future could only happen if humans on Earth go dumber. <laughs> it ain't like we that smart. Come on. <laughs> because like, <laughs> they will only send people who are beyond, uh, um, you know, our emotional uh-huh. intelligence ability. Okay, but wait a minute now. You got to understand. Here's what happens. This war is not going to take place next week. What's going to happen is these people will have kids and their kids will have kids. Okay. And so once you get a couple generations down the line, the connection to Earth is no longer as strong as it is for you or me if we left home because our family's here. But you get a couple generations that I don't know these dudes. Okay. Out there on their rivers and lakes. We don't have that. You know, we play in the dirt. That's what Mars is. Right. So you got to assume. <clears throat> I ain't got no reservations fighting these dudes because I'm jealous that they have a whole ocean out there with fish. You know, they don't deserve that. (laughs) Matter of fact, we might conquer Earth and repopulate just to show you what time it is. You know, that's probably what happened. I wonder if coronavirus was sent by the future. (laughs) Please. Yeah, let's not put that into out of context. uh, Because, no, it's it's really, yeah, it's, it's really important to to realize how much uh, a comp- how much technology innovations we could have used to help us in this time of crisis. You know, uh, when we see the history, there is always something. A pro- like, uh-huh. look at 2020. I had so much hope that it would be finally, <laughs> you know, a little bit of uh, relief after uh, what happened in 2017, 18, 19. And um, I... I think that things like local farming that is available for the neighborhood, uh, things like uh, a, a, a Mars suit that could provide different um, supply for our body, either, um, you know, everything like from music, food, um a little bit of the, not diapers, but smart diapers (laughs) and uh, supplement, workout, everything. Oh, that's that's right. If you in one of those suits, you have to wear diapers. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, maybe maybe it's more sophisticated than that. They may have a a very advanced toilet. A very advanced toilet? That's not like a diaper to me. Now here, here's your CB2 advanced toilet design. But this look like a diaper. Yeah, it's a Huggies, but don't worry about that. Yeah, imagine if like Victoria's Secret has the version for Mars for that, you see? I mean, that's the extreme, but imagine the, the version that we could create during this kind of crisis. Uh, I don't know what will happen. Hopefully everything will be better for the next, you know, two months, but... Uh, apparently the, this week is critical, for example. Like yeah. when you go out and and wearing uh, such vulnerable uh, mask and have all these mm-hmm. uh, people around you, sometimes you have no choice. Uh, you know, we could have 
had something uh, a lot more prepared, basically, if we designed this about 10 years ago, for example. Like, like plan for this. And that's what you're trying to do with Mars, like just get ahead of the curve. That's right. It's, it's very difficult because most of the population in the world, like you said earlier, uh, were always asking, why Mars? For me, it's more like, you know, why now? Or why yesterday? <laughs> why Mars is urgent? Because we, yeah. we need yeah. to advance. We're behind. We're behind in nature because of the consummation uh, culture that oh. we, we have been adopting, you know. So, so let me ask you another, another, I guess, kind of sci-fi-ish question. So right now we're in the midst of this um, genetic engineering revolution where you go in and use CRISPR and all these other things to modify the human body. So here's another thing I believe, and you could comment on this. All you scientists that watch us. If any scientists do watch this, you could comment in <laughs> below. But I see if you send people to Mars, at some point, they would have to modify their bodies to deal with that harsh environment. Because I know Mars have heavy radiation. Um, you know, there's no, and I guess in theory, you could do some of this kinds of stuff. So these would be modified humans which makes them even more different than us. And I think you would see that then spread across the galaxy as we begin to populate different places where human beings adjust their DNA to suit that environment. And so this is like the cradle of civilization and now we're just spreading out and all of these war descendants of homo sapiens and we're all fighting each other anyway because we're still humans at, the, at, the, at, the, at our core. <laughs> Yes, hopefully. <laughs> does that does that sound like does that sound credible? Possible? I I think it's not just possible, but it is uh, pos uh, it's necessary. I don't know. And haven't you ever uh, thought of um, why we all look different? Uh, you know, like when you look at the people. Um, okay, I'm I'm from Asia, as you could see. Right, so. Right. Uh, the couldn't tell, I couldn't tell, but go on. <laughs> People in Japan, for example, North Japan are way taller than uh, in South Korea, for example, or uh -huh. even in Indonesia, we're, we're like darker skin, um, uh -huh. you know, and, and some of the Indonesian on the east side are having like early hair. All of that is accustomed to, uh, of course, the ancient time uh, of their ancestors but yeah. uh, mostly I think I believe that uh, nature create us to adapt to our uh, geography you know in yeah. Africa when you have I, I believe that even when I was a kid that uh, African ha hair that are very curly is to protect your skull from uh, the, the sun because of the position of the sun uh, radiates uh, differently uh, to our body so uh, because we did a lot of experiment and, and brainstorming on how uh, physically we should be designed to live on Mars, right? So uh, you have a lot of these other uh, movies that have been out, like Mars National Geographic. They attempt to show what kind of look, you know, like people may be taller and there may be more uh, like a gummy bear, you know, because of the bone that is adapted to the one-third gravity. Um, and maybe their lungs are a lot bigger because they need to preserve more air. There is not enough air on Mars. Um, and maybe when you live so for so long in space, um, you don't actually need your legs. So perhaps the people that have no limbs are the best candidates to live for a long time in space because we don't actually need those legs to run or to, to walk, right? Uh, it's really interesting to envision that. And uh, I, we work for mostly um, the mental uh, health as well. Because you're in isolation on Mars for the most part. Even if there are people there, there are not a lot of people. You're not going to be at no party and go, wow, this is lit. Look at the thousands of people. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. And also, most difficult uh, thing, uh, task 
is to get along with those same people over and over again. Oh my goodness. These dudes can end up killing each other. And that's that's why uh, I was imagining if we go, uh, when we go to Mars, astronauts would need to remember home sometimes because they miss their family, they miss their um, friends. And so we created a type of products like uh, perfume that reminds them to Earth, for example. Uh, so I work with a local uh, Venice artist who makes this mix of uh, scent. And I told her that, you know, I, if I go to Mars, I would like to bring that, uh, the, the scent. And it reminds me to when it rains in a very warm weather, it smells like wet concrete. Uh, you know, in Jakarta, okay. the tropical, <laughs> and she, oh, she okay. created okay. this, you know, and so it's called the desert rain. So we have created like a, um, a set of earth, uh, earth um, perfumes that astronauts could take with them. L let me ask you a design thing, because, okay, <clears throat> you create a habitat on Mars and there's a window. Now, if you just have a regular window and I look out, all I can see is rock and it's 24-hour sunlight there, right? It's around the clock, the sunlight? Oh, yes. So uh, it's tw 20, 24 hours plus 40, 39 minutes. That's the day. Yeah, so you have a bonus of 39 <laughs> minutes and a few seconds. Okay, so 24 hours, 39 minutes. So when I look out the window, all I see is this, this dirt. But if you have like a nice LCD screen or something there and I look out, and it got the right depth and everything, whatever angle I look at, I could see like, I don't know, like a field and maybe cows playing or the cows play. I don't know what cows do. Or reading a book for all I know. Okay. So, so you get that nice earth feel. Is that something that you thought about in your design? To, to like trick our minds into believing we're on earth, even though we're on Mars? Uh, yes, Guy, except that we are able to uh, create that in, in real tangible materials. So the, uh, most of our Martian habitat designs are actually based on how the exterior here on Earth will look like. It will be the indoor. So it's like living okay. the inside. In a bubble. Yeah. So okay. it, it so will be mostly very comfortable, a lot of greeneries, uh, like, you know, we have uh, a partner in in the moss business and it's really interesting because uh, moss could actually produce oxygen uh quite a lot uh, i don't know if you have been in ireland for example no i've not been to ireland yet in ireland um there was a place where i will always remember we arrived after driving for about half an hour outside the 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 city dublin and we see like forests of moss. They're like really, really tall moss and they're nothing else. When you go outside the car, you just get overwhelmed because of how much oxygen. And also it's a beautiful uh, green color that ease your, your sights. Uh, it's almost like you recharge. That's the way human recharges uh, ourselves. But we kind of forget about that, you know, we, we rather watch movies. <laughs> so I, I'd like to bring more of that aspects of what nature offers us on Earth to be the interior design of our habitat on Mars. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, let me, okay. so right now in Los Angeles, you're here. You see how many people we have living on the streets, right? So based on some of the stuff that you've already done, would it be very easy? Because you're talking, because I saw on your website, you said that the, the future in Mars would be like 3D printed kind of. For us to build a very inexpensive 3D city in the desert where land's cheap, I'm assuming it's cheap because I don't think many people want to live there, and set up affordable housing for all these homeless guys. Is, is that, that is absolutely possible. And I think there are a few companies who have been doing that in Europe. Okay. Um, you know, uh, I think, I mean, I'm not at all suggesting this is a, one of the 
another big issues that humans collectively need to solve. Uh, you know, homeless uh, everywhere in in the world, mm-hmm. not just have issues economically, uh, but mostly mentally, because some of them want to get help and they're no longer on the street. But some of them... <coughs> A lot, a lot of it is drugs and alcohol. And now, we, but we head to the point where it's now it's becoming, you know, a result of economics, not just drugs and alcohol. You know? Yes. Uh, so, but beyond, be, again, beyond the immediate problems, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry that I'm, I'm more into the visionary side. So maybe sometimes it's too far off, uh, but, you know, people could listen and, and, uh, when they are in charge in delivering, like many engineers, they actually make a good use of the visions that I I offer. Uh, for example, I believe that, um, you know, it's only a few um, hundreds of years we become where we're at in our civilization today, but... Uh, humans used to wander around in nature and go hunting and, you know, build their shelter temporarily. And then they, they travel again with a horse or walk or so, uh, being inside a house in a residence, paying rent or buying a property and build a house. That's such a, a recent, um, culture i guess uh yeah. so my my take on this is that what if we recreate a better environment for the outside uh you know how the city is built it's something where uh people with residents or not are able to feel comfortable and happy and yes uh, today there are so many complaints that anywhere we build a park for public kids and and family to hang out, the homeless are always there, uh, like in LA, right? But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at the same time, if you're able to um, build a, a place, an environment where these people feel a lot happier and healthier without having to be dependent on drugs, and uh, you know, I think it will create a better uh society and there there is always a better solution but to get back to the 3d printing yes it's not just to find an economic solutions and you know put them away from the street but it's also uh to demonstrate that we could build a shelter remotely from the robotic system that we have uh, so that before arriving on Mars, we can already build the village. Even before you land. Yes. So this technology, once again, is uh, benefiting all of us today because uh, there is uh, another partner of our our company called Redworks 3D. They are also in the Mojave Desert. Uh, they're able to put any type of dirt uh, to make a rock so that the structure of your house uh, could be very cheap because you just use the local material and magic. It, it comes out uh, as beautiful as the design you, you are ordering the machine to do. Uh-huh. That's like an example and in and, and very uh, short time as well. So yeah, that's definitely the direction where. That that's cool. They could use they could create a rock out of almost any. So why why are we doing this though? I'm just saying, just throw up. Well, you, I mean, you have to think things out. There's probably a reason why, but just throw throw up a nice desert city, and like really affordable housing, and other businesses can come around to service that area for a lot of people there. You know, but I I you know that's something that the government should really look into anyway so I was, I was just saying that you know just just where that the government hasn't built hasn't put together some of these inexpensive 3d homes that you could just print anywhere you could even turn a shipping container into a house i mean you know this you're an architect by the way you want to design my home i don't have the property yet or the money yet but when i do 
I'm calling you. And I want it Mars-like, okay? I want the Mars soil. And when people go pull up, they should be like, what the hell is this? And I can be like, welcome to Mars. Yes. So uh, the key to building uh, your own home is not finding a standard um architecture that you know pleases everybody it has to spiritually mentally please you as the person the host who live there the home should reflect your joy a very single object have to uh you know come from beautiful childhood memories or uh, things that you remember that makes you happy. So whenever you come home, you're really just in heaven. Do you, do you design homes anymore? Or you just focus mainly on Mars now? Uh, I've been full time on this project uh, for the past four years and a half. Four years? Yeah. So this year, we're hoping to collect the funding for next year building we start the project next year. We already have the land uh, in the uh, Mojave, Mojave Desert. How big, how big is it going to be? So we start with 100 acre. 100 acre represents 100 football field. I think for social distance, that's quite enough. <laughs> if someone have one football field each. Okay, so the location is just uh, next to Mojave Spaceport where Virgin Galactic is, and uh-huh. at U.S. Uh, military uh, base, Edward Air Force. So okay. it's very much uh, looking toward the aerospace hub. And uh, yeah, at the moment, we are applying for really big funding that will enable us to also create the uh, futuristic transportation system that will connect San Francisco to Las Vegas, that will open the new destination when you arrive from around the world to LAX. So you'll have a direct transport uh, that will only take you about 20 minutes maximum to arrive to the Mars City. Uh, So we're calling very uh, advanced technology type of uh, companies. So so this isn't housing that you're going to be doing. You're going to be working on the transportation. The entire uh, city expans- uh, expansion because, you know, economically, I think uh, economically, I think it's important to make sure that your new village or city uh, is somehow very well connected. So it's not isolated um, by, it should be isolated by choice, but let people have option of the uh, connection, right? And it will be an advanced uh, transportation that will connect this entire uh, business to the city. So, okay, so, some of your earlier stuff was like crowdfunding, like Kickstarter, Indiegogo, that kind of stuff, right? So, so right now, who are you raising money from? Or you can't? Are you able to tell us that? Uh, sure, it's it's a group of investors that have also built other type of smart cities in the world. Uh, it's a big funding, and it requires about one hundred and fifty companies that will uh, have the exclusive access to our facility that we're building. Basically, they want the technology that you guys use if this turns into something. That's how they'll make their money. Okay, I, I know they had to make money somehow. I just had to be sure. Just double-checking, guys, making sure you're making a smart investment. You did good. Okay. <laughs> no, um, so, yeah, you know, we're, we're inviting Hyperloop. We're inviting also uh, Virgin Galactic, SpaceX, um, uh, a lot of other... Uh, energy alternative, clean energy uh, companies. We have we will produce a Martian uh, menu, uh, Martian menu food uh, grower, and because uh, y- y'all gonna be into all the vertical farming, like y'all have to use that on Mars. Yeah. 
dude, this is really, really cool, man. I'm really rooting for you to be successful in this, you know, so that I could, you know, take a girl to Mars someday, you know, for lunch. So the beautiful thing about this uh, type of project is we don't just cover the technology to get there or to live there. It's about lifestyle and having a new way to live and, you know, adapting to an extreme environment, which where we are today, right? How do you live being enclosed at home uh, with all the supply? You still have to get it from the outside, right? Yeah. You have yeah. delivery and stuff. So what if there is no outside? You have to be very uh, um, smart and and plan everything uh, for the next two years until you can go home again, you know? Uh, that's that's uh, the situation uh, we can imagine for the first generation going to Mars. The second generation, they may know already how to uh, produce food and, and um, waste management. Um, yeah. Uh -huh. Who's going to okay. take care of your toilet, you know? So, so let me wrap this up with this question to you. Do you think that you will get to Mars in your lifetime? Me personally? Yes, you personally. Um, I would say no, but I would say the project that we're doing, maybe. Why Why? Why you say no, though? Why, 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 why don't you think you'll ever get there? Because, like, right now they have all kinds of... Um... The, the, the answer to that is... Uh, the question that you asked earlier. The, qu the answer to that is because people still ask why Mars instead of <laughs> asking. Uh, I think it's because of the budget. You know, I think we have the technology to enable that to happen. We just don't have enough uh, trust uh, and faith for us to accomplish that uh, today at our lifetime. Okay, but here's the thing. Well, a lot of new technology out there in terms of age reversal and slowing aging. So, I mean, you never know, okay? So, we have not met in person, but guess what? Meet me at the mall on Mars, okay? I'm buying you ice cream, all right? <laughs> yes. Uh, a, a blueberry uh, ice cream for me. I don't know if they have blueberries on Mars, but probably be some regolith, regolith flavored ice cream or something. You know, it's on me. I'm buying, okay? Thank you, Sky. <laughs> hey, listen, thank you very much, okay, for doing this. Uh, and we wish you all the best. I want you to be successful because I know it pays off in so many other areas, whatever you discover in this journey to Mars, all right? Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Sky. And thanks for your team to be working today. <laughs> all right. We're we going in lockdown. So this is the last interview before lockdown, oh, okay? Okay. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Adios, mi gente. Nos vemos. Please go check her out. See you later, all right?